What's up, guys? At this point, you might be interested in knowing that Bojo's delivers. If you want to get a Colorado Mountain Pie while you are socially distancing yourself or in isolation or quarantine or whatever you want to call it, you might need a good old Colorado Mountain Pie. Hopefully, you've stocked up on honey. So when you get that mountain pie there, you can use those delicious honey spoons that come right along with it. So hit up Bojo's, get your delivery, make sure you tell them about DNVR, and uh, get yourself a honey cheese bread as well. Remember, Bojo's delivers, so you can get Colorado mountain pies at any time. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. And speaking of delivery, like I was before, Strava Craft Coffee will deliver CBD infused coffee straight to your door. So you, when you run out of coffee, you don't have to worry about making a run down to the hectic uh, area that is the grocery store right now. You can have some CBD infused coffee sent straight to your door. It'll obviously give you that nice jolt and wake up that you need in the morning, but it also might help you with anxiety, stress, aches and pains, what might be flaring up on you right now. So uh, never has there been a better time to get in on some Strava Craft coffee. Yeah, could use it now. I think Wish yeah. I'd had some this morning. I have to get some for tomorrow. Yep. Um, man, what a weird time. And uh, I just want to start by thanking all of you who are listening right now, who are finding ways to support us. So many people have reached out in the last couple of days uh, asking how they can support us how they can, you know, support the bar, how they can do anything. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, you probably know that Colorado shut down all bars and restaurants for the next eight weeks, just days after we opened mm-hmm. ours. So um, I just want to say I really appreciate your support if you're listening in right now, even if you're just a listener, you know, that matters for us too. Um, and if you are wondering, okay, how can I help you guys more, which if you're wondering that, I really appreciate that as well too. Um if you haven't, buy a membership. If you want to buy a, me- if you have a membership and you want to buy a membership for a friend, if you want to buy merch, that's huge. If you support our sponsors like StravaCraft Coffee and Bojos and Breck and all of these places, that's huge. So anything you can do, and if you aren't in a position right now to do any of those things, I 100 million percent understand. Yeah. So do what you feel comfortable with. Do what works for you we're all in a time of uh of uncertainty right now and so uh just like i said just listening in uh means a lot to me yeah and uh we're gonna try to in some small way uh be your sherpas through this uh through this void when it comes to sports because even though there's so much going on so much uh, on our minds right now as people settle, settle into this new normal and that's what it really is. It's going to be a new normal. I think uh, we're all going to need a little bit of a, an escape from time to time. I think right now things are coming at us so fast and furious, and we're trying to adjust to everything. And eventually it'll it'll settle down, and uh, we're probably all going to be 
you know, keeping to ourselves for a little bit, but uh, we're going we're gonna to be here. Even if RK and Zach and I are doing this from three separate spots, we're going to keep going, and uh, we're here for you, and uh, we appreciate uh, any support you give our sponsors as well because they, make, they help make all this possible for us. Yeah, we're going to need support in this time. We're going to, uh, and we're going to provide what we can, which is entertainment for you guys, which we will never stop doing. I guess, thankfully, Mace, in the interest of entertainment, we're lucky that the NFL has found a way to go along, I shouldn't say as planned, but go along with the league year schedule, at least until we, as we know right now, as planned, at least on the schedule, they're going to obviously cut back on visits, they're going to stop all of that sort of stuff, but from a scheduling perspective, Legal tamping period starts this starts today, mm-hmm. and um, the draft is set to go on as planned. Yeah, and the thing with the draft, certainly you can pare that down to effectively a teleconference um, where you have the teams remotely, and usually for the draft, remember, there are two representatives from each team on site that hand the card up to the podium, then the commissioner reads it, and they go on with the draft. You could do it something like Major League Baseball, where you're basically in a TV studio, and then everyone is working remotely, the pick is phoned in, and then Roger Goodell goes up to a podium and announces the pick, and the player won't be there, and then you have on NFL Network and ESPN and any other networks that might be covering it, they disseminate it and they move on. It'll lack the flair and the drama that goes with having the first round picks and even guys lingering into the second round, like Drew Locke last year, on site to receive the jersey and uh, get the praise. And unless they pipe in canned crowd noise, you won't have Roger Goodell getting booed, a tradition unlike any other as part of the NFL calendar. But, hey, you know, you're going to have to make some adjustments here. The draft, that can pretty easily go off. I think the interesting thing is that if they're asking people to restrict gatherings of more than 50 people and now even uh, talking about trying to to limit gatherings of more than 10 people in terms of uh, just family and friend uh, uh, get-togethers, you imagine that uh, even – the team operations may be kind of skeleton in terms of at their facilities. And it may be, okay, we got to ask the wide receiver coach what he thinks of this guy. Let's just get him on the phone because he may not be there uh, on site. It's just, it's, it's a different world, but it's pretty easy to pull off the draft. The free agency thing is going to be interesting because if, you know, if you can't travel, you know, can you get the physicals done and all that? But I had all weekend kind of, been skeptical but skeptical about pulling this off still am a little bit skeptical but uh seems to be working out reasonably well so far in the legal tampering period again this thing is changing from day to day so we'll we'll see how this ends up progressing over the week yeah what we know is that things are going on and Mm -hmm. the nfl is moving and from a distraction standpoint i'm very thankful for that mace um but Let's go through kind of what's happened so far today. Obviously, the big blockbuster is 
DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Texans to my Cardinals. Yes, your Cardinals. And your Kyler Murray might be a low-key MVP candidate, maybe on the Lamar Jackson plan, busting out in year two with a guy like Hop being able to get down and make those plays. I've already been on the record before he had DeAndre Hopkins of saying that one of him or Drew Locke is going to carry the torch for the second-year quarterbacks winning MVP. So, uh, obviously, from a weapons standpoint, he just got a massive upgrade. Um, some other news as it pertains to the Broncos. Apparently, they had sniffed around about David Johnson. I don't mm-hmm. love that, but maybe the reason that they didn't end up pulling the trigger on anything is because maybe the, they wanted the cards to eat up some of the salary or something like that that didn't work out. But it tells you that the Broncos – are looking for running backs. Yes, and they're looking for running backs, but they do want a deal. And uh, so Kenyon Drake uh, being transitioned by the Arizona Cardinals, that uh, was probably an indication of what was going to happen with Davey Johnson, as it turned out. But uh, that took a potential running back off the market. I think you're probably looking at the uh, Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon type of running back. But in either case, I think the Broncos are looking for a bargain. And when I say a bargain... I'm talking about a contract. Maybe it's two years, but you're, all the guarantees are in one year, so effectively a one-year type of prove-it deal. I mean, if you could get Melvin Gordon for one year, $5 million, and maybe it's presented as $10 million over two, but all the guarantees are in year one, I think you'd be, be pretty happy with that. The one, one of the things that uh, we learned, one of many things we learned at the Combine, was how inadequate... Uh, the Broncos' situation behind Philip Lindsay at running back was, and uh, hearing from uh, people who would know within and outside the organization that uh, running back was going to be a priority going into uh, free agency and the draft. I think uh, they were looking kind of at both areas, but free agency being the first option, if you can get a, if you can get someone of value, that's something that fits. And uh, me personally. I mean, I think uh, Melvin Gordon has a lot of potential if that's the direction you're going to go in, but we'll see how that ends up playing out over the next few days. It's all very much in flux. The Broncos kind of, you know, waiting back a little bit. It's not surprising. This is how they often attack the first couple of days of uh, free agency slash legal tampering period. We'll see where it goes. We will see where it goes, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Broncos address today. It feels like they're always late, and so obviously we've got one eye on Twitter as we're recording this podcast, um, other than you know um, petty local media trying to take shots. We're also trying to keep track of wh- what the Broncos might actually be doing and see you know at any moment they could have a deal with someone somewhere but they've always been on the later side of this, Mace. Last year, the Juwan James deal didn't come down until, I want to say, around 8 p.m. Um, the year before that, Case Keenum came in at like 11 p.m. I remember Zach and I were, were both getting ready for bed when the news came down. So I don't uh, – if, if It got the, me out of bed. I remember that. I was literally about to fall asleep, and then I saw it come across my phone, the notification. It's like, oh, crap, now. Right. Um, so – in the uh, the world that we live in, if we're to follow the pattern of the Broncos, we won't find out anything about what they're doing until later tonight. It's almost as if they want to wait for 
the big wave to go through and see how the dust settles unless they have, you know, a very clear target, which they haven't had, at least in terms of, you know, the top, top guys in the, in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see if they are going to wait a little bit. Um, some other stuff that is in relation to the Broncos. Nick Kwiatkowski. Mm-hmm. Kwiatkowski, yes. Uh, Kwiatkowski, he uh, signed a deal with the Raiders, which a lot of people on Twitter and, you know, kind of Broncos media folks had really wanted him to end up in Denver. Yeah, people connecting the dots, obviously, with Kwiatkowski and uh, Vic Fangio. Of course, Kwiatkowski playing for Vic Fangio in Chicago. But when you see a situation like that, first of all, they did pick up the option on Todd Davis, and it doesn't stop them from potentially being on the market and inside linebacker. That's something that's in play. And Vic Fangio saw, saw Todd Davis at work this past year. He saw Kwiatkowski at work in Chicago for three years. So just because somebody plays for a coach, I think we all try to connect the dots a little bit in the absence of concrete information. But when Kwiatkowski stepped in, he played well. But like we were saying off mic before we started this, he had a heck of a front seven around him in Chicago. So sometimes when backups step in and play well, it's because, hey, they should be more than a backup. They should be a starter. Sometimes it's other guys picking him up. And uh, if the Broncos had really wanted to be in on Nick Kwiatkowski, I think that's one that they could have made happen uh, pretty pretty comfortably. So uh, maybe uh, maybe Vic Fangio uh, didn't quite see Kwiatkowski the way that some others did. He's going to be a Raider. I'm sure he's going to be, uh, based on what they're going to pay him, he's going to be in their starting lineup. They think he's an upgrade for, for what they're missing there on the defensive side. Be prepared at this moment for uh, Todd Davis working alongside of Alexander Johnson as this year progresses, although I do think if they don't add an inside linebacker in free agency, they will add one in the draft. It's so weird with linebackers because we're always trying to give – the Broncos, the next Vic Fangio linebacker. And it seems we're 0 for a million so far. You know, we tried to give him Devin White. We tried to give him Devin Bush, Kwiatkowski. Like, the list goes on of people that we have tried to assign to Vic Fangio. And it just feels like he's, you know, on Tinder just swiping. Is it le- Which way do you – I think you swipe left if you don't want him. Yeah, swipe left. Swipe left, swipe right. I've been right. out the game yeah. for quite a while. Um, he's just swiping left on all these guys. He's like, nope, nope, I'm good. Nope, nope, nope. Maybe eventually there will be someone that he falls in love with uh, in, in, the, in the draft process or in the free agency process. But so far, it's nothing. Remember with Vic Fangio and linebackers, his standards were set by his first NFL job with the Saints – the old Dome Patrol of Vaughn Johnson, the late Sam Mills, of course, uh, Pat Swilling, and uh, Ricky Jackson, Hall of Famer. Um, and I think ever since then, Vic has been looking for something big uh, in his linebackers. He expects a lot out of them. Remember, he ended up taking Sam Mills to Carolina with him back in 1995 when he became a defensive coordinator for the first time. So the the other thing uh, with with Vic Fangio, um, he feels like he can coach guys up into being effective linebackers. Alexander Johnson, I think, is a good example. Although he had a lot of talent and certainly would have been 
uh, much higher in the pre-draft process and if he had not had the the rape trial going on uh, when he when he came out of Tennessee he certainly got better because he was around Vic Fangio, because he was around that scheme. I don't think Alexander Johnson has the same type of season in another defense with another coordinator. So Vic does believe that he can get something more out of linebackers. The other thing, again, they they could have easily not picked up the Todd Davis option. It's possible that Vic Fangio feels that Todd Davis is the perfect complement to Alexander Johnson. Alexander Johnson, athletic, goes sideline to sideline, hair on fire. At the same time, he's still kind of learning the nuances of the pro game. He'll make some mental mistakes. Todd Davis, he's not the most physically imposing linebacker, not the fastest linebacker, but he plays with a lot of intelligence. In some ways, the Davis-Johnson partnership, when it was flourishing last year, it was like both of them kind of filled in the gaps that each other had, like two two jigsaw puzzle pieces that just fit together perfectly. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this, Mace. If the Broncos are going to go after a veteran running back, who is your, who is your preference? Well, I admit to a little bit of bias here. I've watched Melvin Gordon for a long time, going back to uh, when he was a dominant running back, of course, at the University of Wisconsin. I am a bit concerned about the fact that he only has one 16-game season on his resume and his per-carry average of 4.0. It's just okay. And actually, if you go through his career, that is skewed by averaging north of five yards per carry back in 2018 when the Chargers had the big season and went to the divisional playoffs. The thing I do like about Melvin Gordon is he's proven to be an effective receiving back. And I think with a bit better play up front, the Chargers, of course, have had offensive line issues that we've seen time and again when going against the Broncos over the years. I think if you can get improvement on the Broncos' offensive line with Mike Munchak, I think you're talking about Melvin Gordon coming in and averaging maybe not five yards per carry, but being a solid 4.4, 4.5-yard guy. Over the years, though, I think the key thing for Melvin Gordon is that he averages 45 catches a season. He's a good receiving back, and that fills in a gap in what the Broncos have right now if you can get him for an affordable contract he doesn't turn 27 years old until next month he should still have plenty left in the tank you may have to expect that he's going to miss two to three games over the course of the year or maybe not because you figure he's going to be 1a with philip Lindsay. You're still starting Philip Lindsay, and then Melvin Gordon is the next man in, playing quite a bit. So that may help him. It may help extend Phil's effectiveness. I think he's just a good complement to what the Broncos already have. And don't forget with Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's not a behemoth like Derrick Henry, but he's a solid 215-pound back. He can take a pounding. Yeah, it's weird, Mace, because if you're going to go the Melvin Gordon route, it's, in my opinion, a little bit of an indictment on Philip Lindsay. You, it, it means that you are getting a starting running back. Two-time Pro Bowler. You're getting a, yeah. a starting running mm-hmm. back to 
make him your 1A guy at, at least, you know? And personally, look, if this happens, I will probably be the first one to say, hmm, I feel like they could have used these um, resources elsewhere. But I'm also a guy who says get good players. If good players are available and you add them to their to your team, it's not a bad thing. So I, I, I'm the, the Philip Lindsay guy. I feel like I was one of the first person on the train saying this guy is going to be a baller in the NFL. Um, so it would be weird for me because not only is it, to me, a, a misuse of resources, it's an unnecessary move. But I can't sit here and say you shouldn't add Melvin Gordon to your team if you can. You know what I mean? Well, and here's another thing. Philip Lindsay, C.J. Anderson, just in the Elway era, we've seen the Broncos find quality undrafted running backs. And in the case of C.J. Anderson, took about a year for before, a year and a half really, because it was midway through the 2014 season, before he started to blossom when he stepped in and did well. So they've actually had better luck finding guys from that range than the round two to round four range because that's where they've gotten Monte Ball, whose issues away from football, I think, contributed to his professional demise, although he's, you know, he's uh, been clean. He's been off the alcohol for uh, for a little bit now and uh, always rooting for him personally. Um, but Devontae Booker didn't work out. Ronnie Hillman, I think we could say, was just okay. Some flashes of brilliance, but nothing spectacular. But the best running backs of the Elway era in terms of the guys that he's brought in were were the undrafted guys, or also I have to tip the cap to a veteran free agent back in 2011, uh, Willis McGahee coming in. Remember, they had no Sean Moreno already in there. They had some depth at running back, but McGahee stepped in and really carried the team uh, coming out of free agency, and a lot of people, I think, thought that he was washed up when the Broncos brought him in, and he turned out to be a very good contributor in that 2011 season. So maybe it's less an indictment on Philip Lindsay and more figuring out where they've been successful at finding running backs. Royce Freeman fits in the range of from Monte Ball to Devontae Booker, fits in that draft range. It just hasn't really worked out for the Broncos to find anything resembling an, an RB1 from that range. So maybe the play is you bring in a veteran. Maybe it's a Melvin Gord. I think Jordan Howard is someone who would, would also be on their radar. You have him with Philip Lindsay, and even though you may give a two-year contract by front-loading it, you can effectively make it a one-year deal, and perhaps it's about having a higher-paid running back for this year complimenting Phil, and then when Phil becomes a restricted free agent next year, then maybe he's getting the cash, and perhaps you've found an undrafted running back this year who you've kept on your roster, a la C.J. Anderson as a rookie back in 2013, and maybe he's ready to step up because that has been a successful uh, mode of operation for the Broncos. So I think we've seen them reevaluate their player evaluation, what they do in the draft, what they value in the draft, and maybe bringing a, a veteran and then having an undrafted guy come in this year or even next year, maybe that's part of reassessing that uh, – hey, we're not getting good value 
when we pick running backs round two to round four. But we're getting we got good value from a free agent, and we're getting great value from these undrafted guys. What else is out there in the NFL world right now as it relates to the Broncos? Uh, the 49ers and Colts just made a massive trade. Um, another big defensive lineman off the board. DeForest Buckner going to the Colts for the 49ers' first-round pick. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the, the Colts trading and sending the 49ers a first-round pick. So a swap of first round picks. Wait, I mean I'm re- I'm reading this. Um, yeah, it's DeForest Buckner for a one. Okay. So remember the Niners, of course, they have this huge hole in their draft after their round one pick. So now they get the Colts' first round selection. This actually isn't that much of a surprise when you consider that the 49ers just re up with Eric Armstead. So. They're trying to figure out, okay, what can we spend on the defensive line? They have to prioritize a little bit. And now, sitting on two first-round picks, first of all, what this does is it takes the Colts out of the quarterback conversation in the draft. And all the, all the arrows are pointing toward Phil Rivers being an Indianapolis Colt at some point this week. So the Colts drop out of the Jordan Love conversation, and there have been some reports connecting Love to the Colts. What's interesting now is the 49ers are sitting there with the 13th pick. That's the one the Colts have, correct? 13th in the first round that they're, yes. sending, that they're sending to the 49ers. And now the Niners have a really interesting chip here because if there are one or two of those potential round one quarterbacks still available, the Niners almost certainly are going to be looking to add draft capital because they have nothing for a few rounds after their pick at the end of the first round, pick 31. So the Niners could be open to dealing. And maybe if it's not a team that's looking for a quarterback that moves up, perhaps the Broncos, who have made a lot of deals with John Lynch and the 49ers over the years. If the receiver board is falling in a certain way and they think that their guy might not be available at pick 15, the 49ers sitting there at pick 13 give them an opportunity to move up a couple of picks, probably for the cost of a third rounder, perhaps. And here is This could help the Broncos if there's a run on receivers and they feel like, okay, we've got to get one of these guys because we, like I mentioned, the Broncos and 49ers, they're always open for business with each other. Here is some actual news uh, on the Broncos coming in from Team PR, or I'm sorry, Mike Kliss. Uh Broncos have placed second-round tender on Elijah Wilkinson which was something that we had expected. Yeah, and we discussed that a couple weeks ago. Uh, The thing about Elijah Wilkinson and that second-round tender, that uh, basically puts him over $3 million, $3.25 million. Well, that's less than the Packers gave up uh, on the Billy Turner contract last year when they brought him in. So somebody with starting experience at multiple positions who can back up and play any of four spots on the offensive line but can start for you in a pinch, there's value to that on the market. And uh, I think it's a wise play for the Broncos to put the second-round tender on Elijah Wilkinson. That's just the going rate for somebody that you can trust to – filling in a pinch at four spots, and perhaps be your starter at right guard with Ron Leary moving on. So I think it's a good value play for the Broncos. And they have, look, 
internally, the Broncos have loved Elijah Wilkinson since day one. I remember hearing uh, in the building back in, 20, in the, the 2017 camp how high people were internally on Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah, he is a uh, a versatile guy, and you need these guys. You know what? It's hard to fill out an offensive line from a depth perspective. And we also know that they are high on him at right guard. So to have a guy who has experience playing guard and tackle in the fold, especially with the way that, you know, you're not sure how things are going to shake out, I guess, in the draft and whatnot, you, maybe you do end up getting a right guard that you really love falling to you in the third round and, and you don't need him to play that position. But for this price in a world where, Offensive linemen are getting paid ridiculous sums, and anyone who started is getting significantly overpaid. This is a nice little move here that's not going to cost you too much to be able to hold on to a guy that can start for you at right guard. Apparently, they like that idea. And if you find someone you like better, you can still use him as a swing tackle. Yeah, it's not ideal, and we saw at right tackle. He certainly, he's not somebody you want out there for the full season, but if you have to have ride Elijah Wilkinson for a few games, that's fine. Now, that being said, I think if the Broncos don't look to the free agent market at tackle, they're going to pick a tackle of the future. some point, I would expect before the end of round three, and effectively that guy could become your swing backup in year one, waiting for a spot to open in 2021, whether it's not... Uh, bringing back Garrett Bowles. Of course, the decision on the fifth-year option will be made at some point uh, after the draft in all likelihood. Or if Jawan James doesn't get healthy, you move on with some dead money in 2021 and go in another direction at right tackle. I think uh, you can expect as of right now, things could change, but as of right now, you could expect Elijah Wilkinson to be the starter at right guard if he started the season today. And by the way, isn't it interesting? We talked about guards quite a bit, I think, over the course of the last few months heading into free agency, and we saw both Brandon Scherf and Joe Thune, a little bit of a surprise there on Thune, getting franchise tagged by their respective teams. Some more stuff here. Uh, exclusive rights tenders to Deontay Spencer, uh, Tim Patrick, Shaquille Taylor, and Trey Marshall. No surprise on any of them. Taylor's going to have a little bit of a fight to make the roster, especially if Devontae Bosby comes back and things seem to be progressing in the direction of Bosby coming back on a one-year deal. Trey Marshall is interesting because Will Park's expected to move on here in free agency this week. You're looking for a number three safety. Trey Marshall has a chance to win that job. Could have a prominent role on the defense this year. This defense is so fascinating to me because, like, we, like we've been saying for a while, they're going to buy a defense and build an offense through the draft. And I think they are going to get players, but I think what we're going to see is them, you know, I've wanted Chris Jones, and Chris Jones, still not tagged. Um, I've wanted Eric Armstead, who's obviously off the market. I've, we talked about Byron Jones before the A.J. Bouye trade. There's a lot of guys in, that are big names, and I'm starting to believe that the Broncos are going to get two or three mid to low level free agents along this defense because of the way that Vic Fangio, but the belief that they have in Vic Fangio. Now, Chris Jones did get the non-exclusive franchise tag oh, okay. from the Chiefs this morning. Again, 
things came so fast. In the middle of this national crisis, the last 30 to 36 hours or so feels like as, an, as eventful an off-season time as we've ever seen covering uh, the NFL. But the way everyone has to think of Broncos free agency 2020 is this. The big money went to a player they acquired in a trade, A.J. Boye, and a player they retained. Justin Simmons. Now, Simmons right now, his franchise tag value is a little over $11.4 million. They have until July 15th to work out a long-term contract with him. You'd imagine that his long-term contract would call for a cap figure to be roughly in the $11 million range. That's sort of what you're planning on for this year. But those two guys alone... That's north of $24 million, and those are your big tickets as of right now. DJ Reader, I think, would be the guy that could come in and be more than that, but when we've talked about some free agents that the Broncos might be looking at, like when we discussed Jason Peters earlier this month, Jason Peters, you'd be talking about being, what, an $8 million a year guy, potentially $8.5 million a year. The other thing to consider is, let's say that the Broncos, the players they bring in, Let's say there is no DJ Reader. Let's say that they're all kind of second, third-tier type guys coming in with average annual per-year contract figures of between, say, 3 and $7 million. Well, the Broncos then, I think, have a chance to clean up in the compensatory draft hall because you figure players that get more than $8, 9000000 million coming out of this team, Connor McGovern's got a good shot to do that. Chris Harris Jr. almost certainly uh, will fetch that sort of money. Even Will Parks might get a deal in that range. So the Broncos, the way things shake out, could be sitting on a third-round compensatory pick for the twenty twenty-two for the 2021 draft after all this is done. Draft capital, baby. That draft is capital. A, that is a good way to look at it, <laughs> I guess, if you're uh, looking for the bright side of the idea of not getting a lot of, uh, you know, big-time, big-name free agents. Yeah, and one of the reasons why the Broncos like trades and have liked picking up guys who were cut was because they didn't calculate in the compensatory formula. That's why Prince Amukamara, in addition to the fact that he played well for Vic Fangio and started extensively for Vic Fangio, Amukamara being cut by the Bears means he doesn't get calculated in that. Like, Earlier today, I love the Packers picking up Ricky Wagner, the former Lions offensive lineman. Wagner, of course, uh, grew up in Wisconsin. He's from West Dallas. He's certainly thrilled to go home. But Wagner being cut means that he doesn't count toward the Packers' compensatory hall. Another interesting thing that was tweeted out uh, today, I think it was by Dave Burkett out of Detroit, was that the cap figure this year for Ricky Wagner is greater for the Lions than it is for the Packers because of the dead money factor. Repeat that? That the, the cap number for Ricky Wagner for the Lions exceeds the cap number he'll have for the Packers, the team he plays for, because of dead money. Oh, my God. And you wonder why the Lions haven't won a division title since 1991, I believe. Or, uh, no, 93, my bad, 93. They won it in 93. Yeah, they haven't won a, a, and it was then the NFC Central. That's how long ago it was. The name, the name of the division that they're in, didn't even exist the last time the Lions 
won a division title. <laughs> My uh, friend Gil Brandt used to always say that's why some teams win and some teams lose. Speaking of uh, why some teams win and some teams lose, how about that trade this weekend for the Ravens? Oh Doesn't my it just gosh. seem like they're always doing the smart thing? Yes, and it's the sort of thing you can do when you have a drink, if you've got some alcohol. Cost-controlled quarterback. Take on that Calais Campbell contract. He's still playing at a high level. And the, the Ravens have a, a nice history of maximizing guys toward the end of their careers, whether they're whether they're guys who spent almost their entire careers with Baltimore, like Terrell Suggs, who played well into his 30s, Ray Lewis, or you remember the Ravens picking up Rod Woodson late in his career. This is part of uh, what they do, and even though Ozzie Newsome is not the day-to-day GM, everything there is still run by Ozzie Newsome. Uh, this is this is very much an Ozzie type of move to get another veteran in there who's as who, as John Fox would say, has some skins on the wall, and... Uh, and really, I mean, just an exchange, uh, you know, basically a draft pick exchange. They they got him for what? That was the, the Kari Vedvik uh, pick, as it turned out, I believe it was. Because they traded Kari Vedvik, a backup kicker, to the Vikings for a draft pick. And then the Ravens end up, get, end up getting a second-round pick from the Falcons today by trading Hayden Hurst, who was an okay first-round pick, but had been exceeded by Mark Andrews. The Ravens are one of those teams that plays chess when everyone else is playing tic-tac-toe. Although they get all this credit for drafting Lamar Jackson. And, of course, that wouldn't have been possible had they not been able to trade back into the first round. Mm -hmm. And guess who they took in the first round before Lamar Jackson? Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. So it's not all perfect. It's sort of like the Broncos with Drew Locke. There's always a little bit of luck involved. Right, exactly. You you do have to get a little bit of stroke of luck. Uh, All right, Mace. Want to give a quick shout-out here to um, Breckenridge throughout this time as we are looking uh, for things to do and ways to enjoy ourselves as many of us will be isolated into Mm -hmm. our own homes. I will say that if you crack open a strawberry sky, your day will be brightened in one way or another. If you've got a balcony, if you've got a patio, just some place to sit outside. Maybe you can just go outside at your front door, sit a folding chair out there, and uh, I would say watch the world go by, but there's not going to be much going on. But with some of these beautiful late winter, early spring Colorado days, I mean, it is nothing shy of gorgeous out there right now. What is it, about 66 degrees, sunny skies, few clouds in the air. This is a strawberry sky kind of day here in Denver. Absolutely. And the be- hey, if you're working at home, obviously make sure you do your job well, but that coffee break can be a Breck brew break if you play it right. Absolutely. It's beer 30 somewhere. It's always beer 30. So shout out to uh, to Breck Brew. And, and uh, gentlemen, we got to have a little, uh, little talk right now because in these days of quarantine and uh isolation and nowhere to go probably gonna find yourself at home with your significant other quite a bit and uh, (laughs) mace knows where i'm going with this it might be a good time to just you know keep it clean if you know what i'm saying because that's why manscaped has come out 
with the brand new Lawn Mower 3.0. It's a third generation electric trimmer that features cutting edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents. Can't be having any accidents right now. Especially, yeah, especially now. <laughs> now more than ever. <laughs> now more than ever. Uh, I must say, millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skincare technology. You don't want to be, you don't want to be a pain right now. No, you know you don't want to be on injured reserve when your team is in the Super Bowl. You don't want to be on injured reserve right now. <laughs> I mean, this is this can be your Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so make sure you check out manscaped uh use dnvr20 of course that magical code for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com and if you get the perfect package 3.0 kit it'll come with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine that that includes the crop preserver it's an anti-chafing deodorant for uh, down there it's a total game changer so you really should be already uh, using it at this point, honestly. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff to check out for Manscaped. And uh, like we said, if you use that code DNVR20, you're going to get 20% off at manscaped.com. Look, we are a family. We can talk about stuff like this. You know, friends don't let friends, uh, you know, get out of control. <laughs> <laughs> So check out Manscaped. And like we said earlier, this is this time more than ever, we need you guys to support those who support us. And do and maybe you'll do your significant other who probably deals with you listening to this podcast in the car and might be listening right now. Maybe you'll do them a little favor as well. And you know what? The lawnmower, it's an appropriate name. And just ask yourself, how often do you cut your lawn in the summertime if you have a yard? Well, that's a good guideline for cutting the cutting the lawn that's inside rather than outside. <laughs> Oh, God, that one's going to be fun for a while. Uh, Anyways, let's talk to the people uh, in the comments. There's plenty of comments, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure uh, people have lots of questions. So why don't you start us off there, Mace? Let's start off with our friend Iceman. Hey, friends, my long NFL COVID-19 comment I decided to delete to instead give my condolences to Zach's girl, her family, and friends, and Mr. Stevens. Yes, we're... You know, through all this, we're, we're thinking about Zach a lot, and uh, you know, he's he's hanging in there. He's being a rock for uh, his his girlfriend's uh, family uh, right now, and uh, all goes well. You'll hear from Zach later on this week, and we'll be back back to being a three man show. But uh, yeah, Zach, buddy, man, thinking about you all the time, man. Yep, we miss we miss Zach uh, dearly. So we're looking looking forward to him being able to come back. The next one comes from Pismo Beach Broncos 07. Uh, they said this COVID thing seems na- uh, massively overblown, not to start a huge debate, but it seems awfully sensationalized. Just want to say that the app for us renegade Android user still has the old BSN logo. You guys should definitely update that. Yeah, it should be updated. Should be. Uh, also, I noticed that sometimes the podcast forget to be uploaded onto Google Play, and sometimes I'm a couple days behind from hearing my boys. So we're not as cool as Apple people, but us Android users are people too. Content is great as ever. By the time you're reading this, free agency is open. Hopefully a big splash has already been made. Real quick. Um, it's not on us if it doesn't show up on Google Play. All We send it out on, into all of our feeds So it, you know, w- with one push of the button. So once we press that, it's out of our hands, out of our control. So I'm sorry to hear that. Also, we're not going to get into a debate over whether this is sensationalized or not sensationalized or any of that. But I would just say this. And I would say this. I did briefly respond and... Uh, my wife is a, an MD uh, working in hospitals. 
uh, in the Denver area right now. Um, we will never know how many lives get saved by the actions that have been taken, and we can debate whether they came later than they should have, whether they were too much, but it's one of those things that we'll be able to maybe estimate, but we're never going to be able to fully calculate the lives that were saved by this, and uh, so just bear that in mind. This is all about public health and safety. Next one's from Shoot Champ Fan 24 Chub Club. Reach out to me, bro. Look for me on Insta. I have the same handle as I do here. I live in North Idaho, and I'm always looking for fellow Denver fans. Cool, great. I'm sure we got some people up there. It's yes. like Jake Plummer territory. That is. From Cutler Orton, Tebow Manning. Hey, guys, sorry to hear about Zach and his family. Stay strong. I can only imagine what it's like in the U.S. with almost 50 fatalities. Uh, and, and it's even higher than that now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. My country only has one COVID-19 death, but I'm still scared. I went to Walmart today, and they were sold out of baby wipes for my six-year-old son. To chime in on games, you could always play replay at the DNVR bar. I would pick any of Tebow's comebacks, like the one against the Bears in 2011. Anyways, I don't have a football question, but I'm thinking of changing my handle to something like Mile High Mike. But my name is Edward. Uh, do you guys think you could help me come up with a new Denver-related nickname? Thanks, as always. Stay golden. Maybe, you know, I see Cutler, Orton, Tebow, Manning. I see... Maybe not a, a, a full upward progression, but I see it getting better over the course of that time. I don't know. Maybe from Cutler to Manning, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't have an original thought on, on that one. But the Tebow comebacks thing and the availability of them, as we get into games and the way this is shaking out, we're probably uh, going to at some point start doing some group watches together. The thing about uh, the games from 2010 onward is – if they're not available on YouTube, they're all available on NFL Game Pass. I know quite a few people subscribe to that. So you get from 2010 through now, you, you should be able to access any of them. It would be fun as we go through games at some point. It would be fun to pick a Tebow game, but it doesn't have to be the obvious one. Like, it could be, for example... Like the Dolphin game where everybody is practically falling asleep before he rouses the team in the fourth quarter. Or uh, the, the Chargers game that included the, the crazy moment of Nick Novak, Chargers kicker on the sideline, being caught on camera with a towel covering him, taking a leak right there on the bench at oh. Qualcomm Stadium. If that ever happens to you, you want to make sure you use the, the lawnmower 3.0 <laughs> before you get caught on camera doing that. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, there, there are going to be some good choices. Like one that I hope we get to is the first Monday Night Football game in Bronco history is on YouTube. Oh. From 1973. Broncos Raiders. And it's such a timepiece. It's a 23-23 tie. It's probably one of the 10 most important games in Bronco history as far as elevating the franchise, but it's played in an era that was before overtime when the goalposts were at the goal line, not in the back of the end zone. It's just the game looks and feels so different, and it's really a snapshot of kind of Denver the way it was. So hopefully that game will still be on YouTube when we start getting to the games. I think that won't be a lot of fun to do. Although, if worst comes to worst, I've got it saved on my hard drive. I hope, I truly hope that at some, that, 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 that day doesn't come. Yeah. Where we have to try and fill time as the off season has been extended. I don't expect us at this point to have 
mm-hmm. uh, in-person practices to cover mm-hmm. anytime soon. Obviously, no earlier than the rest of the leagues are reconvening. But I don't want to – there's no reason to try and project oh. months down the road right now. Right. We're thinking more kind of in terms of May how it might look. But I expect for the Broncos and covering this beat, it's going to be pretty much business as usual even if they stop the – the league year and put things on pause in terms of free agency later this week. I don't think they will, but even if they do, we have all this activity right now to talk about. And then of course the draft, it may, it's going to be teleconference in all likelihood, but it's going to go off as scheduled. So we were talking about this this morning, this particular beat, we're kind of lucky right now. We're not really affected. It's not going to change a lot of what we do. Definitely not. So if we have to go to it, there will be plenty of it's, awesome Broncos games to, uh, yeah. to watch down the road. It's down the line. Hopefully it doesn't get that far. On to a Missouri Bronco. I Re- sent Really quick, for oh, his um, nickname, could it just be Eddie? Eddie. Because his name's Ed? Yeah. That's true. Remember Eddie Royal? Right. And Eddie Mack. Yeah. Eddie Royal's a forgotten Bronco. I he too. is. I really liked him. He was actually on my fantasy team that rookie year when he went off. Yeah, 90 receptions. Gave everybody the royal treatment. (laughs) I've never forgotten that commercial. Because it went from Eddie Royal and then they went to Cargo, right? Taco Bell? Yep. Here, I got your tacos. And you can give yourself the royal treatment with the Lawnmower (laughs) (laughs) 3.0. You got the next one? Yes, I do. Missouri Bronco. I send condolences to Zach's family. Terrible news. It's bad enough that I live so far from you all. Now there's a bar. You guys are killing me. I can't come by until November. Well, well, most people won't be for until uh, at least the summer. So Yeah. We hope, we hope everything works out. Can't, uh, can't wait to get back. But, you know, we, we, it was great uh, Friday night. And uh, we were all doing the, the, the elbow Oh, yeah. The elbow touch. I mean, we were trying our best to keep as much social distance as possible, but uh, now it's going in an even even bigger direction. But It feels so like it goes. that was 100 years ago, but I do want to thank yes. those who came out. Um, it, was, it was cool. It was the, to me, it was the perfect kind of setting for the times we exist in right mm-hmm. now. It was, it was not too crowded. Um, it was, you know, just a, a good group of Denver diehards getting together. And, and celebrating, you know, the unofficial opening, um, it mm-hmm. it turned out to be a good thing. Definitely that we didn't have we we were we were able to kind of back off the messaging of grand opening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a good night without you know putting being dangerous. Right, and when this passes, and the time has come for a party, you talk about a grand opening. It's going to be as grand as you can get. For all we know, we could have a weekend with a first-round playoff game for the Avs and Nuggets and opening day for the Rockies all at once. Oh, my gosh. Then we have a tough choice, the sound. Yeah, but we'll maybe there'll it be, a vote. Maybe it's a Saturday, perhaps, and it's staggered, and we start, Ooh. say, with the Rockies, and then we go on to the Nuggets, then the Avs is the late game. It'd be There's awesome. A way to, that'd be great. I yep. hope so. Count Locula. Missed snaps, pretty sure Super Bowl 48 had one. I think we would have gotten waxed either way, but that inauspicious start didn't help. I think we were talking about the punt and kickoff snaps. 
All right. More so than just the, the offensive snaps. Also, can you please help me break down Simmons's play? What makes him so elite? I like the guy a lot, but I guess I don't know enough about the safety position in the modern game to understand why his on-field contribution is so heralded. Please help. Love the count. Short version, safety, he's a player who's got to know, he's got to be smart because he's got to know what the linebackers are doing in coverage, what the corners are. He's filling in some gaps in coverage. Someone like Justin Simmons as well has a lot of range. He's fast, can can cover a lot of ground. So he's somebody that can be monitoring plays across the middle. But also, if you get the indication the quarterback is going to go deep, he's got so much range and can track down a ball that he's able to basically have his eyes in one place but have the ability to make a play downfield potentially and uh, prevent a deep pass from happening. And that, that's a big part of what he brings. Again, to me, it starts with the intelligence. Even though he's got the physical ability, he's got the long reach. The safety has to be smart above all else. Yeah, he's really smart, uh, extremely coachable, great in the community. You know, you kind of mentioned the on-field stuff, but all that stuff matters. And, and, and again, we talked about this last week, but you, take, you want to take care of the guys who do the right things so that they are looked to as role models. You know, uh, as Justin Simmons takes his check to the bank there'll be young players looking up to him saying man i want to be like that one day yeah and hopefully the broncos will get something done long term with him again every franchise tagged guy they've been able to sign a multi-year deal hopefully that will continue because with guys like chris harris jr and Derek wolf potentially leaving you need leadership to come from somewhere it's going to start with simmons and i'll be honest i don't think justin simmons is elite i think he's very very good yes and because of those other things, I think it allows it's going to allow him to get elite safety money. Mm-hmm. But, again, you want very, very good players. You obviously want to play elite players, elite money. But if you have to overpay a little bit for a guy who's been in the building and has been a role model, it's not the end of the world. Yes. For Miller Life 58, uh, hey, guys, has there been any consideration to having sports video game tournaments at the DNVR bar during this time away from sports? Could be a fun way to connect as a community that is still related to sports. Well, obviously, we won't be able to do that for right now, but we are talking about a lot of stuff, and um, you'll, you'll see some of the plans we have coming to fruition in the next few days here. But one thing uh, that you know, we've talked about is online um, you know, uh, meetups, I guess you could say, in terms of gaming and, and, you know, playing Madden. And I know Timmy from Sweden um, was really gung-ho on putting together an online franchise mode. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of that stuff is on the table. And obviously we're, our heads are kind of spinning right now as we're trying to figure out what to do as the landscape changes every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time we set a plan, something could be different tomorrow. So um, just know that we are open to everything and we are discussing everything internally. Yeah, and I was reading about how back during the 1994 baseball strike, you had some radio stations that were doing games via Stratomatic. Are you familiar with that? No. Kind of a a little bit of a kind of a board uh, baseball game with players and uh, kind of the odds were set based on like their averages. So obviously if you had Tony Gwynn back then, you had a better chance of getting a hit than uh, say with Raphael Belliard, for example. And they would, and so I know in Toronto, they would play the games on Stratomatic and then they would do highlights and they had the Blue Jays announcers actually do like a highlight 
package off of Stratomatic during the 94 strike. There, there's, a, there's ways to get creative. There's ways to have fun with this. Totally. From T Wood 16, it's Saturday, and my brother is sending me pictures and videos of the new DNVR bar while I'm back in Canada working. If it only wasn't tax season, I'd be there with him. He flew down with my dad to watch three Avs games, Rangers, Canucks, and Golden Knights. They luckily got to see one game, and McCarr went off. I had him uh, searching over and over for a Drew Locke jersey, and it blows my mind how no one has any. No questions today. Thanks for the content in these lonely days with no sports. Go Broncos and go DNVR. Yeah, I expect the Drew Locke inventory will not be fully restocked, probably until closer to the season, I would imagine. I'm surprised they couldn't find one at the team store. That's what I would have guessed. And they could actually custom make one for you, too. If they don't have it, they can do the the pre- They have the press right then and there where they can do one for you. So, totally. Uh, next one here from Iowa City Bronco. Oh, oh, and T Woods, tell your brother. Thank you for coming out. Um, Iowa City Bronco. It's been a long time coming, but I finally pulled the trigger on subscribing. Insert. We got him. Got him. I love the pod and I've been listening since training camp and I've been hooked ever since. I'm a 911 dispatcher for police, fire, and medical in Iowa. I would like to use my first comment to let know, let people know that the most important information on any 911 call is location. So always know where you are in case emergency arises because that will be the first question you'll be asked. Can't wait to make a trip to Denver and check out the new bar. Yeah, I can't wait to have you. And again, there's going to be a lot of pent-up travel demand i think once this passes people are going to want to not only go out and go have a bite to eat in a local restaurant but they're going to want to go places as well so hopefully all will uh, go well and eventually this will pass after uh, this again a moment unlike anything we've seen here and hopefully later on this year we'll be talking about seeing a lot of you down at the dmvr bar no matter where you're from right and i want to thank you iowa city bronco for your role in helping uh response to emergencies we you know amen that's that's huge all the everyone that's responding to emergencies everyone working in the er everyone working in the hospitals you're the heroes right now absolutely um and everyone should take his advice know where you are from drew for mvp hey guys i'm a student from germany and been listening to you for over six months and now i finally subscribed got him we got him yes you got me love you guys and your work you do an amazing job. Thanks for everything. You really keep me motivated no matter how bad the day went. This podcast always gives me a smile on my face. One question. What do you guys think about signing Xavier Rhodes, Wishes from Germany? Rhodes is interesting, but he's going to be in that Chris Harris Jr., James Bradbury, H.J. Boye cost range, probably north of $10 million. So I don't know if the Broncos are going to put that much into a remaining member of their secondary. Again, I think they're looking more at the Amukamara price tag. The only way Rhodes is in play is if he lingers on the market and his price drops, but I don't see it reaching a point where the Broncos would bite. Next one here from Thick Fangio. What's up with everyone buying panic toilet paper? I legit just need a four-pack to make it through this epidemic, and I can't even find that. More importantly, I wonder how the TP shortage is affecting the great Cornholio. Well, TP, TP for Matt Bungo. <laughs> Are you threatening me? I need that TP. I need uh, my Bungo. It goes. Rah! Oh my God. I have not found any toilet paper. And while we haven't reached the shortage point yet at the uh, Mace Denver World Headquarters, um, what we uh, in about three or four weeks or so, we'll probably be uh, feeling the pinch here a little bit. So we're okay, but. You might have to literally pinch. 
Well, we got some uh, we got some baby wipes still left over from when Charlotte was younger. All that right, hope- that'll get that you hopefully will be moist and we can still uh, use I'll a little use bit. That word on this podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, your favorite hope- word, huh? <laughs> it's not as bad as the other one, uh, the other M word. Um, <laughs> There's a cartoon that Charlotte watches sometimes where it's actually a Curious George cartoon where he tries to make a syrup, but Curious George doesn't understand that you just can't get the maple out. It's got to like sit for a while and let the sugars kick in. So he just gets the maple from a tree and pours it on just onto the pancakes. And it's clear. And, and the man with the yellow hat says, hmm, very moist. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what. So, do you know what just straight maple tastes like? I've never had it. I mean, I haven't maple syrup, but apparently, you, if you just pull it straight out of the tree, I, I, it doesn't have. It's, it's got to go Into work like with some heaters and some stuff like that. I'm sure there's somebody listening to this podcast who knows about how to make maple syrup. Help me. Yeah, we've got some Canadians here, or you can be from Vermont. True, New Hampshire. Uh. Yeah, I I saw a thing yesterday about how like King Supers has a twenty acre facility where they're stocked full of groceries and they're telling everyone like please don't panic buy like yes. and I I assume toilet paper is part of that it is okay it it's it is and the thing that's going to happen unless there is a a massive case of the runs that is contagious around here you'd think a lot of people won't have to buy toilet paper for months right. I, that's my thing is like, why would you need more than one pack? Because you're quarantined for two weeks, potentially. But, but even then, like, I'm talking about like a 24 pack of right, toilet paper. You exactly. just need one. Unless you've got like the Duggar family and you've got like 19 kids, uh, you shouldn't, if you've got just a family of like three, four or five, how many toilet paper rolls are you replacing on a daily basis? I would think zero on a daily basis. Maybe like one every other day, right? Maybe. I guess if you only have one bathroom or something. But even but if you have multiple bathrooms, can, then you'd be spreading the load around the house, right? Or the loads, I should say. True. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Sorry. maybe you would need two. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah, 24 rolls should get you through 14 days easily. I would At think so. At most. And that's if somebody has diarrhea. All right, from Mark IT Snatch, who I had a chance to meet on Friday night, which was fantastic. And he says, hey, guys, the new bar is fantastic. It's gorgeous. The menu is great, and the re- layout inside really pays homage to the history of the building without feeling old-timey. I'm glad I came up Friday night and finally met some of the fam. He, he drove up all the way from Pueblo. Wow. Pretty cool. Mark, man, sorry I didn't meet you, but amazing. Appreciate you, man. He, I actually don't think his first name is Mark. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. He says, too, I'm, I'm sure people are tired of this joke already, but Rudy Gobert ought to be named Defensive Player of the Year. You think maybe he accelerated this process in the country by a, a week? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And again, we'll never know how many lives that saved. Right. And it's, yeah, it's hard. You can't call him a hero. No. But he actually may have saved lives. And he's, tr- I mean, he's trying to do his best. He's giving back. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I, uh, personally, was, yeah. I don't think he got it from that or gave it to anyone from that, personally. Not even Donovan Mitchell? Well, no, he gave it to Donovan Mitchell. Yes. But I'm saying, I don't, like, the actual act of... Oh, the microphone hand, touching. Yeah, I don't think that gave anyone 
or or made him get coronavirus. Well, we'll see if, it, if there are any cases in the Salt Lake City media then. It doesn't seem like there has been, at least yet. Not yet. He says, three is for Mr. B. Four, condolences to Zach's family as they go through this brutal time. The loss of family is always hard, but the wounds eventually heal. Five, to the whole fam, what are some of your favorite plays across sports, any team that still excite you? For example, Bradley Van Pelt spiking the ball off of Roderick Snead's helmet at the 2002 Rocky Mountain Showdown. He did that on purpose to upset me. Mm -hmm. Um, Honorable mention, Champ Bailey's ridiculous toe-tab interception at the Superdome in 2004. Oh, man, that was sweet. Remember that play. Uh, I love Van Pelt. I wasn't a CSU person, and I know you definitely aren't, but Bradley Van Pelt had a certain elan that was fun to watch if you were a neutral observer like me. He did. He also had a – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A love for partying in Boulder for good reason, Well, I would say. And then partying in Denver after he came down here. Yes. There's some in, if you read uh, a few seconds of Panic by Stefan Fatsis, in which Fatsis was a kicker in Broncos camp, not on the roster, he talks that there's a part in there about uh, Bradley Van Pelt. And uh, Van Pelt, basically, when he was younger in his career, lived in downtown Denver, was out partying a lot, and then to try to save his career, moved out to the suburbs where it was quieter. Didn't help, but uh, he's doing well today. I think he's in the wine community in Santa Barbara now. Um, yeah, good for him. Whatever. Cutler, Orton, Tebow, Manning. Second comment because there are no pods to listen to this Saturday. I did a mock draft and wanted to hear your guys' opinion. I tried my best to fill needs and not get Bay to take sexy picks. So here it is: fifteen, Mackay Becton, forty-six, Denzel Mims, seventy-seven, Tro Die, eighty-three, Nick Harris, ninety-five, Darnay Holmes, one hundred eighteen, Jordan Elliott, one hundred thirty-seven, Anthony Jennings, one seventy-eight, Jalen Elliott. 181, Michael Warren the second, 237, Braden Mann, ah, punter, 252, James Robinson, 254, Bryce Perkins, quarterback. Enjoy. Thoughts? Um, I don't hate it, but I'm not a big Becton guy. Me either. Um, I think he's too big. Mims, I love. In the at second that, round. At that value. If he's there, that's tremendous. The question is, is he there? Troy Dye, I'm a big fan of. Okay. Um, other than that, looking through here, I like the idea of getting Braden Mann that late. Yeah, I and mean, Bryce Perkins, an interesting uh, quarterback out of Virginia. Look, I think you're going to take a flyer on a late seventh round or undrafted quarterback and uh, see if he can compete with Brett Rippon. But uh, as has been said many times here, Brett Rippon is uh, Drew Locke's BFF. Yep. So. All right. He, uh, Mile High Mike says, here's 15 Broncos wide receivers. Pick six to make the team all in their prime. Okay. Ready for this? Yes. Wes Welker, Eric Decker, DT, Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton, Eddie Royal, Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, Tim Patrick, Jordan Taylor, Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Marshall, Brandon Stokely, Jordan Norwood, Andre Caldwell. Mace, I'll let you start with your first pick. Are we talking about their prime or their Broncos prime? Their prime. Okay. Um, all right. So, basically, their prime, their apex, I am taking Rod Smith, just because. Wes Welker, best slot receiver in NFL history, certainly changed the game for slot wide receivers. Demarius Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders. Brandon Marshall. And yeah. I need a, a, I think that was six. No, I, mean, I thought it was at five. Okay. Wes Welker, Rod Smith, DT. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Brandon Marshall, and Ed McCaffrey. Okay. I will go 
Wes Welker, DT, uh, Brandon Marshall, Wes Welker, DT, Brandon Marshall, Cortland Sutton, who you didn't pick. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Rod Smith. Wait, did I already? No. And last pick will be Emmanuel. I thought about Cortland Sutton. Basically, it was down to Cortland and uh, Ed McCaffrey for that last spot. Yeah, I'm taking the upside there with okay. Cortland. I went for Ed on the Lifetime Achievement Award. Fair enough. But also, I like the fact that we're talking about the in their prime. I will fight for Wes Welker being in that six. Oh, he has in his to prime. be. Has to be. He's a revolutionary. Yes. When it comes to the wide receiver. There's position. a case for him for the Hall of Fame just because he redefined the slot receiver position. Oh, yeah. From Crabtree's Chain, Zach, I want to say that your family is in our thoughts. Just got married, and I can only imagine what you're going through. People often, often say that friends are the family you choose, but you can choose family as well. This community is no different. Much love, man, and I know that you'll get through this. On a football note, I'm going to guarantee the Broncos take a tackle with their first pick. I'll take a bet on this. I'm thinking either Thomas or Cleveland at 15 and Chenault with our second. As always, go Buffs, go Broncos, and ultimately go family. Amen. I'd love Andrew Thomas at 15. I could get on board for sure. Mets Bronco 50. Hey, guys. First off, I want to give my condolences to Zach and his girlfriend. My deepest condolences. Non-football comment, but last week when Mace and Zach were discussing their favorite computer games, I wanted to bring up one of my favorites that I know Mace will enjoy and hope he's heard of, but the great game of Beavis and Butthead Bunghole in One. It is a Beavis and Butthead game I would play for hours when I was younger. While backyard sports will always be my favorite, that game was also one of the best for me. You know what? I know of that game. I didn't play it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, it's a... It's a uh Computer games, huh? Yes. Yeah, computer games. I'm thinking like Oregon Trail. Yeah, you have died of dysentery. Yes. Uh, I had this. There's an old computer game from the 80s called Digger. It was like a. It was kind of like Dig Dug, only a little more complex and uh, had more levels to it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. If we're talking about like com- also video games and computer games, you know, we've got uh, 2K Sports getting back into. Uh, the NFL video game realm, but more with the arcade type of sports. Never liked uh, 2K games. Okay. but So this doesn't excite you? Personal preference. As far as computer games, there was a game called Ninja Training, which you could play on your desktop. That uh-huh. was pretty fun. And then there was another game called Line Rider, Ooh. which you had to, like, design – you had to, like, draw a course for this, like, sled thing to ride, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, another thing, I wish, even though it wasn't a computer game – I wish Tecmo would get back in because Tecmo Super Bowl, based off the 1990 NFL season that came out in 91, is the goat of all just mindless simulation games. Fair enough. Speaking of um, games, old school fun games, we're going to have NBA Jam at the DNVR bar. He's on fire! Yes. We got Golden Tee, too, as well. We have Golden Tee, NBA Jam, and we're working on getting NFL Blitz. Oh, man. I might never leave if we get Blitz. God, I can't wait for the world oh, to go back to normal. man, I know. Me, too. From Lindsay MVP 2020, guys, the whole DNVR community gives their condolences to Zach and his girlfriend. I was listening to Mace talking about putting up the 10 must-watch Broncos games. Can't wait to watch these and hear some views from Mace as he selected them. Um, 
That'll be fun. I lost my spot. Oh, I thought the community could also nominate the greatest moments in sport, and a YouTube watch list could be put together to get through these times. Here are my two. They all have an Australian angle, but they're some of the greatest moments in sport. One, Kieran Perkins' 1,500-meter freestyle in the gold medal uh, for for the gold medal in Atlanta in 1996. Kieran was the reigning gold medalist from Barcelona, but had struggled to even make to Atlanta. He struggled again qualifying and scraped the slowest of swimmers for the final. He again pulled out an incredible race from lane eight to win the gold and complete the most amazing comebacks in sport. Remember history. watching that. That was epic. Two, the Bledsoe Cup in Sydney 2000. It has been called the greatest game of rugby ever played. New, New Zealand put on over 21 points in the first 10 minutes. Australia would then begin an incredible comeback and eventually take the lead. The game was played in front of 105,000 people, and in the final two minutes, New Zealand would win by a try scored by the then great, uh, by the great and late Jonah Lomu. Thanks for the incredible content in these uncertain times. Listening to you guys makes me feel like life is still normal. I kind of like that if everyone kind of talks about some of the greatest moments they've seen in sports because while we all we follow the Broncos, there's a lot of love for the Broncos here, obviously. Very few of us are only Broncos fans, and our interests in sports go kind of across the spectrum depending on what we grew up with, what part of the world we're from so yeah some of these would be really cool and uh you know i've got a few i know rk's got some great uh, buffs memories he'd love to share oh man i mean how about <laughs> just the miracle of michigan oh my god you know what i missed that because my dad and i went we we were hanging out in st louis we thought the game was over we went for a walk oh. and we came back and we're like the buffs won how'd they do that that's that's pretty funny oh i know i regret that from Tom Mercury, inspired by you three, I have looked into European soccer teams and have chosen to be a fan of Burnley Claret. How has your search gone, Ryan? Well, as it stands, I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't chosen, but Wolves is still the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, and they're an upwardly mobile club with the investment they've got in, it, in them, and Wolves does have a very passionate fan base. And it's not black and gold, but it's black and yellow. Close enough. They call it black and gold, which is a pet peeve of mine, but I can get past it. Yeah. Um, Wolves feels right for you. It does. Yep. Uh, Something grand would have to happen. Like someone from Colorado would have to be like the star of a team. Yeah. It's a Midland club with some character. Fits you. My Wolves. I think. Vilka Dan. I thought opening a bar on Friday the 13th showed a certain screw superstition moxie. I'm rolling my eyes and shaking my head. <laughs> DNVR said, hold my beer and double down with an opening day on day one of everyone being told not to go to bars. This is Fangio level world of suck. It could be a while before the excrement is moved from the ventilation system, but when that happens, and until that happens, know that your faithful audience will be here for you. Looking forward to my visit when I'm back there in October. Until then, be strong and carry on. Hashtag we are family. <laughs> well, I appreciate your support <laughs> so much. You. and. Hopefully all the you know the dust settles and we can get back to uh, to doing what we do best, which is not only entertaining but bringing people together. Absolutely. Uh, from Antonio Acosta, the new CBA has been approved. Can I get your thoughts on how the recent events of the past week may have affected the outcome? Mace, that was my first thought. In a time full of uncertainty, all there is is uncertainty right now. I thought that I think there was about 60 votes that hadn't been put in before mm-hmm. this all started. I thought, man, you had to imagine that those guys were thinking, you know what, let's, 
let's lock down some stability here. Yeah, I don't think it, it made a difference, but maybe it meant that it was, instead of being, say, 50.5 to 49.5, maybe that's why it was 51.5 to 48.5. It was close all around. The interesting thing is just seeing how uh, divided the league is, the, or the players in particular. Now, this is going to bring everybody together, I think, ultimately, and I think uh, everyone's going to get on the same page. But as things normalize, let's say the economy recovers and players feel like they left stuff on the table. Then I could see three or four years down the line there being little frustration about this. But right now, I think, it, I think those last votes, it did sway a few guys, but maybe not enough to make a difference between yes or no. Maybe it just swayed the, Maybe it just affected the percentage itself. Personally, I prefer the fact that it is more beneficial to the younger guys who might not stick as long. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are the guys that I worry about. But you're hearing from some circles how some older players are going to see their benefits cut out of this. Yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of benefits we're talking about. But right. monetarily, yeah. I would prefer that the younger guys get more taken care of because those are the guys who have concussion issues or back problems mm-hmm. and get out of the league before they've hit their three-year pension. And now they don't have health care. Mm-hmm. And now they're out, you know, um, with three years in the workforce and, you know, maybe a lot more money than some people might make over, over three years, but they might not have the skills. They might have uh, head problems due to all this stuff. To me, those are the people I'm most concerned about. The guy who makes $20 million deserves our care and shouldn't be neglected, you know, especially once they get out of the league and they're trying to find their feet. But I, I'm less worried about them in the grand scheme of things than the guy who gets two years in the league uh, and, you know, it, it is now out on the street quote-unquote, um, trying to figure out how to function in the real world. I still wish uh, health care, in terms of if you play one game, you have access totally. to health insurance for life. I still wish that had been a part of it, very similar to Major League Baseball. I agree with that. Um, he goes on, do you believe some players may have feared owners would pull back after seeing the sports world stop? Yeah, we kind of talked about yeah. that. Also, when do you see a 17th game being added, and is that a separate issue for those players to vote on, or is it guaranteed to happen? The language I've seen pertains to the possibility of a 17th game, not an absolute. Thanks. Can't wait to visit the NVR bar. I'm sure some of my friends will be jealous and subscribe when they see my bigger beer. The league now has the option of adding a 17th game as early as 2021. Everybody expects that will be on the schedule in 2021. That they'll add it as soon as possible, in part because they're talking about uh, new television contracts here kicking in for 2022 and beyond. And certainly I think they want to get a lot of that discussion done, although certainly the current crisis that we're in may put things on hold a little bit. And the league... I don't think the league wanted to be in a scenario where they were talking about TV contracts after an election cycle, but they may have no choice because I think that's going to be put on hold here for a few months. Do we, we don't know how they're planning to handle it yet, right? They, that's a whole other meeting for like the competition committee or something on how it's going to work in terms of who gets the extra home game or are these all neutral site? That's yet to be discussed, right? Yeah. Correct. That they, but what we know is there's a limit of 10 international games. So if you said everybody gets a neutral site game, then you've got to come up with six domestic games. Canton, yep. Honolulu. Ooh. I think there's some. Now Honolulu needs to build a new stadium. Aloha Stadium is a dump. It's falling apart. What about uh, putting games in Orlando, cities that don't have NFL teams, like San Antonio, Des Moines, Iowa, or or, or would, wherever they have? What would the, be fun to do? Maybe if they decide, okay, everybody's playing a neutral site game. 
some great college venues. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, you could go play at University of Iowa. That's not in Des Moines, but um, how about a Bears Colts game at Notre Dame? Love it. That'd be pretty awesome. It'd be incredible. And those teams would be ecstatic because they wouldn't have to go travel overseas. They could get there by bus. Right. Practically. Um, how know, about a game at the Big House in Ann Arbor? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't love the fans of the school, but the good football fans of Nebraska could have a game at Memorial mm-hmm. Stadium. Yeah, there are some fun things that you can do with this potentially. So I love that. I love the college stadium, six games a year, you know, draw in the people a kid you know uh that lives in iowa who's deciding who to pick maybe the broncos play a game up there and he becomes a lifelong broncos fan or maybe you say we're sorry st louis here's a couple of neutral site games fine <laughs> I, don't, I don't know sorry I think they I might can't. actually boycott and not support yeah that. i think they're more interested even though the xfl is on home for this year I think St. Louis is more interested in the Battle Hawks right now and the future MLS team than the NFL. And so. unfortunately, we aren't going to uh, to see the Battle Hawks. No, soon. no, but uh, I do expect the XFL will be back in 2021, though. I want to make sure you guys check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, it is the best dental office in the Denver area. Make sure you check them out and make sure that you get yourself a brand new Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam the next one here comes in from illinois bronco he says got a glimpse of the dnvr bar on twitter over the weekend and let me just say it looks amazing congrats again to you guys times like these i wish i lived in colorado i'll definitely make a trip out in the near future as amazing as it looks it's even better in person what's going to be really uh, you know i'm a silver linings guy yes the silver lining here is we got it to a place that it could open on friday that was always our goal from the day it launched was to open by Friday mm-hmm. um, and, or from the day we had the idea was to open by Friday. Uh, but it wasn't a thousand percent complete. It was about 95% complete. Um, so by the time that we're able to actually get this thing up and running and operate on a normal schedule and all that stuff, it will be a pristine pearl. Mm-hmm. And Hopefully, we'll provide everyone some joy, some fellowship, some togetherness, when I think we're all going to really need it oh, coming out of this. I, Mace, what are we, day th- three of really when it's when the social distancing idea got uh, ramped up? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already craving the com- sense of community and um, feeling you get when you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are all cheering on the same team. I know, and this is... This is going to be a marathon for us. This is, look, this is going to change all of us. Yeah. It might make us appreciate some things that we took for granted. If there's a, I mean, I know there's a lot in play. There's a lot going on with the economy and health, et cetera. But if we learn to kind of appreciate the little things and the community that we have a bit more, I mean, you're look, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for silver linings too. And that's the sort of thing that, that could be a silver lining to all this. Couldn't agree more. Ohio Bronco. Se- Ohio Bronco 70, pardon me. Well, guys, my school now has three weeks off of school because of this coronavirus scare. Safe to say I'm going to be stuck on the podcast throughout these weeks because there's literally nothing else to do for these weeks except 
for doing homework and playing some Xbox. As you guys spoke in the first segment about how there's nothing to do to watch on TV now, I do know that NBA TV has some basketball, 30 for 30s, and some older classic games from the 80s and 90s. NFL Network has had some good games from last season on a replay, and now it's going to be mostly free agent coverage. This community will get through the issue together. Go DNVR. And I think as free agency ebbs a little bit, you're going to see NFL Network do even more games. And I think you'll probably see days devoted to teams. I think they may do, say, a Bronco Day and Mm. a Chiefs Day and a Chargers Day. So basically you may not want to watch the Chiefs Day. If they do a Broncos, be there for the Broncos Day. If they do a Broncos Day, I am committing right now to a marathon live podcast that spans the entire marathon. Ooh. All right, there we go. NFL Network, the challenge is on you. Broncos Day. Broncos We're ready. Day. We'll live stream us reacting to every play along the way. And maybe they'll do Bucks Day. But I don't think there are enough good Bucks games to last a day. Hi-yo! <laughs> Sorry. At least you can make fun of your own team. <laughs> yes, locking in the Lombardi. Hello, everyone. So, I was listening to a couple of podcasts on my way to drill for the weekend. I remember you guys talking about the stadium staff and how they will be able to support their families as they won't have much work without games being played. So, I had an idea as I received my first T-shirt and one I bought when I got home. I saw we have a printed copy of signatures on some shirt and thought what if you guys could reach out to players such as phil and coach vic and players from other teams that we cover and do a fundraiser maybe have them sign them some some of their shirts and sell them on the site the profits would go to the stadium works and maybe see if the players and coaches want to donate some money matching what is raised if time restraints are an issue then maybe say for every shirt we sell we will donate a couple of dollars from each and donate that to the workers that way the whole dmvr community can step up and help the workers in some way i know i would love to help and thought this could be a good idea just brainstorming i know logistics will be would be hard but i'm sure as a community we could figure it out love my new family we've had a lot of talks um on how we can help the community and thankfully Cronky stepped up um and committed to 30 days hopefully if it, this goes longer they'll commit to more and the broncos committed to paying all their interns all their part-time employees as though they were having full work their step even though the stadium and the facility are they're on skeleton crews and everyone else is working from home They've stepped up to take care of their staff as well. So kudos to the Broncos for really getting this right. And if I can be very real and transparent here, um, our first priority is taking care of our own. Mm -hmm. Just in the same way that the Broncos are taking care of the Broncos employees and Kroenke is taking care of Kroenke's employees, at least hopefully for the entire duration of this, we have to take care of our employees. And we have to take care of our sponsors to make sure we can take care of our employees and all of those things. And we feel... We feel good about it, but I, I just wanted to be honest, and we have to, you know, our first priority is our family, which is, you know, mm-hmm. within the company and obviously expands out. Um, but after, you know, when we ha- when that's locked down, we do, we have talked about okay, how can we also help out the community with shirts, with different stuff to try and get a fund together that mm-hmm. we can give back to people in Denver in one way or another. Exactly. Super Bowling. Talk about bad timing. Vic doesn't let his guys go to the combine. Now facility visits are canceled. Yikes. Wonder how this impacts who we draft. Yeah, you know what? They couldn't have foreseen this, but now it hurts a little bit more that the coaches didn't get the chance to meet with players even for a minute or two in person or be a part of the interviews in person as well at the combine. So, And 
I, I can't a, fault the Broncos for it. This is just, again, they couldn't have foreseen this. Well, I can fault them for not not having a great idea in the first place, in my opinion. Right. But you're you're right in the sense that we can't blame them for this happening. Um, and you want to talk about timing, you know, think of the restaurant industry who famously has slow January and Februarys and, and counts on March as a big boom. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. March, March Madness. Madness. All of these things. Um and so on and so forth. I mean, this is – in terms of sports, you have March Madness, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. All of the, these things are huge in our world. They're also huge boons to the economies in these places where they're able to host the playoffs. So we have our fingers crossed that that day will come. But in terms of a ti- the timing of this, it couldn't have been worse – not just from a Bronco standpoint, but from an economic standpoint. Yeah, because I don't just think about our own DNVR bar. I think of all the bars in Lodo that getting ready for the Rocky season to start. And we're lucky that we have uh, the backing of a very well-structured company. Yes, Little Pub Company is tremendous. And if if you've been in Denver long enough, you've probably been to multiple outlets that they have because it's, what, 18 yeah. They have 18 restaurants around the Denver area right now? Uh, over that. Yeah, so, over that, yeah. You know, we're lucky that we have that. But think about the, the mom-and-pop shop yeah. that operates their bar on a, you know, a, a month-to-month basis. I, my heart just aches for them right now, and I hope, without getting into politics, I hope the government can step up and help some of these places that are going to be out of business because mm-hmm. of a government request. Yeah, I think... I don't want to get political, but I think the focus needs to be on Main Street, not Wall Street, in terms of the help that's given out. I feel most people can probably get behind you on that. Um, from Vic, Fan- uh, uh, Vic Fangio's sweater. Vic Fangio's sweater. He says, you're approached by an investor who loves what DNVR has created. They want to recreate the DNVR model in all markets all over America, and you each get to move to a brand new location to one year to get it started. Where are you choosing and why? Ooh, you know what? This is sort of a, a different choice than a lot of people would have. I would choose North Carolina, specifically creating something that was centered around the what they, what they call the big four, the four ACC schools, Carolina State, Duke, and Wake Forest. Mm, kind of... The type you know, of innovation we need. Yeah, and the th- interesting thing is, okay, yeah, they don't, you know, they're rivals, but except for Carolina and State, it's a, it's a fairly congenial respect because, every, you know, you're, you have these four schools. They're all, especially in basketball, they're all highly competitive. And um, everyone's, you know, you're giving each other a little bit of crap, but that's part of the fun of it. Your neighbor. These are your neighbors, basically. And, and honestly, as much as me, me, me being a Carolina guy – as much as I, I hate Duke or hate State, there's a, a small part of me that when they go off in the tournament wants to see them win because we sort of like to have the superiority of it. So that would be something I would think about, especially as newspapers have cut back. I would say in particular that um, Duke and Wake Forest are a little bit undercovered given their prominence. I want to go somewhere... In the West, I want to go somewhere that's always warm 
Yeah. Because, and I'm being selfish here because I get to do that in this in this hypothetical exercise. And also for the North Carolina, for me, my family, my, yeah. my dad's side, the roots are in North Carolina. Closest thing I have to home for me. I want to go somewhere that has um, four sports. Baseball, basketball, football. And I want to go somewhere. I'm just, I was checking off the places in my head of, of the place I'm thinking. And uh, I want to go somewhere that I like. So I'm going to Arizona. I knew you were going to say Phoenix. <laughs> and the truth is, that's a market that could use something like DNVR. Truly. The only team I really don't like down there is the Diamondbacks. And I, I'll, I'll just. You know, put that aside for this hypothetical exercise. They've taken something away from the Rockies. Yes. But the Rockies have taken something away from them. It, precisely. Um, closest thing to a rivalry, I would say. Probably. Um, but I really have a soft spot for uh, the Phoenix Tempe area. Mm. Um, a lot I'm, of great golf. It's right up your alley. Exactly. You can golf year-round. Real estate's decently cheap. Mm-hmm. So... Checks off some boxes for me, although I don't think it's a great sports town. I'll just pretend to kind of put that away. It's a, it's okay. It can be a great sports town. I would actually even offer um, Tampa as well as places where there are a lot of people that have moved in to the markets, and sometimes you feel like, oh, we're being overrun by all these people coming down from the Midwest and up north and, and wherever. But, hey, you know, we're here. We love our local teams. And just as DNVR has brought fans of the Nuggets, Rockies, Avs, Broncos, Buffs, CSU, it's brought people together. I feel like an entity like this, you know, maybe I'll rethink about it. Maybe I'll say Tampa instead of North Carolina because I feel like something like this covering the Tampa Bay teams plus the South Florida Bulls would really bring a lot of people together, kind of like DNVR has. And I think you could see the same thing in Phoenix. From a business perspective, I would I think that uh, Philadelphia would be a great place to go. Just sure. just rabid sports fans. Yeah. That would eat up, I think, the style that we bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we this this thing would work in Tampa, though. I think. I think it would as work. I really think about it, it gives everyone because the thing I noticed, and it was I noticed it during the XFL when the Tampa Bay Vipers were playing and they, there was a quarterback controversy because the greatest quarterback in USF history, Quentin Flowers was sitting on the bench and then people wanted him to play so badly because he was there. He's ours. He's our local guy. We love him. And when he got in and ran for a touchdown, the place just went absolutely berserk and it exploded on social media down in Tampa. And I thought, you know, that's the sort of thing that, that kind of happens in Denver when we've got our guy. It's kind of like Phil, like a, a Philip Lindsay thing almost. Totally. He's local. He's ours. We love him. The truth is, Mace, I think that this would work anywhere. I think anywhere that right. has sports. Well, let's just hope. We, we'll focus on Denver, but hey, who knows? You never Maybe know. Maybe someday. That's uh, the dream. Albino Reno. Between Mace's somber note and the overall feel of Friday's pod, let's keep things on the Broncos since it's the only thing going on. Who would... Uh, you'd be most surprised if they sign in the next couple of days. What would you say about taking a punter with kicker uh, with five kicker comp seven? Oh, comp oh, pick comp five. five. Comp pick five and kicker comp seven and long snapper comp uh, with the other comp. Make actual use of our low comp picks and get three starters. Yeah, 
I'm actually intrigued by that. Now, long snapper, they've already brought in a guy, Jake and Bob, Jacob Bobbenmoyer, the former long snapper for Northern Colorado, who was actually in the Broncos uh, special teams tryout back in December. So they feel like they've taken care of that. He's certainly the favorite to get the job. I would be intrigued by a kicker with a comp pick and a punter with a comp pick. That said, I would say the punter has the better chance to earn the job rather than the kicker. I think the kick. I think with kickers, maybe what the Broncos start doing is evaluating who's on the market after cuts at the end of this preseason because that's where you could maybe play the long game, see a kicker get cut. That and, and kicker like Brandon McManus got cut by a couple of teams before he stuck. But you see a guy with potential that you can bring along, and maybe that's somebody you're looking at for twenty. 21 but punter I'd like to see the Broncos take a punter here in this draft I'd like to see um I'd like to see Turk or uh Braden Mann ideally Turk from Arizona State okay from Larry Den Jr hey guys had a few questions number one over the weekend Chris was at it again I personally had a brief back and forth with his brother because I stressed Chris isn't a victim that he is entitled to do what's best for him and his family, but if he wanted to retire a Bronco, he's went about it completely wrong. Chris Brother disagreed. But Chris told a fan or two that he was pretty much backed against the wall whether he would take this contract or we're going to trade you. He said none of it was guaranteed. Elway can be tough when it comes to negotiations, but is there any truth to this? Because if so, Chris has a, a right to feel slighted by Elway. Mm. We don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Not close enough to the negotiations. Yeah. To know one way or the other. I'm sorry. Um, but the truth is Chris isn't a victim. I can get on board with that. Um, he shouldn't be s mad at the Broncos as he goes out, right. in my opinion. Two, he says, I heard that because of the new CBA passed, that if we cut Flacco post-June 1, we can save $20 million in cap space and Ojo $3 million this year and ten uh, in dead cap and $10 million next year. Is this true? Because if so, we could delay the rookie uh, cap, keep and spend the $38 million in cap space we have now, whether we cut Hireman and have uh, 43 though. Pay the rookies post June first. What do you think? This is the best decision to cut Joe now for ten, or wait until we get to twenty. Your thoughts? The whole thing screams post June one designation, and then when you cut him, that most of that money, or probably all of that money plus a little bit extra, goes toward your rookie pool. That's the way this is trending right now. The only thing that could mess it up is if he doesn't pass the physical, and if he doesn't, then you can cut him. But on top of what uh, your of what your outlay is to him, you have another one point two million dollars, right? As an injury settlement, so that's it. But I think it's all trending toward post June one designation for Joe Flacco. From Wilma F. Hey guys, wanted to thank RK and Mace for having a little chat with me at the bar opening on Friday. It's always a funny moment chatting with someone to you've listened for hours and hours and days. For anyone. Uh, wanting to check the bar out. It's obviously well worth the trip. Beer was cold, food was hot and fast, and the community is great as always. The wife and I will be down for brunch and bottomless mimosas soon. The breakfast bowling is calling me. You guys are the best. I can't wait for when we're reopened and I have the Vonster. I had a bite the other day. It was very good. I ended up actually having the breakfast burrito okay. with green chili, and it was fantastic. I'm sure it is. The green chili there. In various iterations, I've had the green chili at... DNVR bar. It's 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 very good. Top shelf. And only getting better. Yes. Just so you know. Uh, Hookson. Is it Hookson? Hookson. Hookson. Okay. Hey, guys. Long time no comment. I've been around since before y'all switched to subscription model, and it's been amazing watching this family grow into something 
amazing. I'm going to hit off some hit some off-season points really quickly, but I don't think I'll stay under RK's word limit, LOL. Number one, congrats on the bar. It's an amazing growth of the company I never saw coming. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited for y'all. Thank you. Two, prayers out for Zach, Anna, and their family. I've been through the loss of loved ones personally, and there's nothing worse. Amen. Number three, for Mr. B, RIP. Four, any insights into the coming week's content? Looking forward to how y'all combat this social distancing going on. We're going to break down the free agents the Broncos bring in. We're going to look ahead to the draft. Uh, you're going to hear a lot from uh, Andre Simone, I'm sure. I'm going to have a mock draft coming up here after free agency settles because it's going to, we're going to live in a different world in terms of team needs than we do even at this moment right now. Uh, I've got some... I got some stuff that I gathered at the combine, even at the Senior Bowl, that I want to get into. Yes, I'm going to focus on punters a little bit because I've talked to a few of them over the course of the last few months. So maybe we'll do a couple of days on punters. But look, we've got plenty of stuff coming, so uh, don't fret. We're going to be busy. You're going to see stuff. There's going to be something every day. And uh, we had a couple of roundtables go up in the past 24 hours. We'll probably do some more roundtables, too. Absolutely. Um Oh, go ahead. Number five, with all the tags being placed today and so many great players like Thune, Green, and Henry coming off the board, what will our next move be? I think we kind of touched on that yep. earlier in the pod. Number six, also, RK and Mace, what was your best pun or dad joke that you used that went completely over everyone's head? I had a mathematics teacher in college who was also our Phi Theta Kappa supervisor. She announced one day at our meeting that she was getting married to a Mr. Bishop. Well, her name was Miss Duke, and me and my brilliant said, so you're going from royalty to clergy, right? Of course, I got a blank stare from her and about 10 other people. Maybe y'all will enjoy the pun, though. I did. That's very uh, very highbrow humor there. I This is not quite as highbrow, but there is a town in the Tampa Bay area named after a city in Scotland called Dunedin. And so I, I asked, hey, wh- where are you when you finish your meal? You're Dunedin. Nice. It's not bad. I can't remember if I've had any that just completely flopped that were good. I'm sure I have, but I don't remember one. Number seven for Elway. Number eight, y'all stay safe out there. As long as we and everyone else wash our hands, this COVID-19 scare will pass. Also, keep doing these things year-round, and we want to deal with flu outbreaks next year if we remember to use common hygiene. Y'all are awesome. Keep up the great work, and thanks for all that y'all do. Peace, love, and cornbread. Huxon out. I think you hit the nail on the head, number eight. I think uh, it's very rough right now, but it's going to lead to hopefully some good habits practiced by all of us now and in the future. I know this, my seven-year-old daughter, she'll never fail to wash her hands, I'm sure. Yep. Last one here from Sir James Radio. Who are your favorite past and present non-Broncos that deserve more credit that they don't get? I default to Jake DeLome. Took over a team that went 7-9 and nine and over the course of his career made them with help into a real NFC threat. The defense deservedly so gets most of the hype alone uh, with Steve Smith and Mushin Muhammad. Uh, but that is another 7-9 and or worse team that they had they stuck with Rodney Pete. You know what? I covered Jake Dome for two years, and that's a phenomenal choice. And I can tell you, as good a quarterback as Jake was, he's an even better person. Probably my favorite quarterback that I've ever covered. I wish the Panthers could have gotten over the hump for him, but just a tremendous human being. He's actually part of their radio team now and is in their ring of honor, so he's gotten the credit in 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 Pantherland it's not Pantherland <laughs> that he uh, that he that he deserves and uh, yeah it's cool that you mentioned that Jake's a good dude the one that I think and I've talked about this plenty of time just doesn't get enough credit is Demarius Thomas um, he will be remembered as a good Broncos receiver 
and he should be remembered as one of, if not the best Broncos receiver. He probably – he's not Rod Smith, but he's probably right there with Lionel Taylor, right behind Yeah. in Broncos history. Yeah. It's a great place to be. And I just feel like he's, re- he's remembered as like, yeah, he was okay. Or he didn't live up to his potential or something. Oh, my gosh. It's just like I, I, I think he'll never be remembered. And maybe time will do him favors. Um, he also didn't do himself any favors by kind of burning some bridges on the way out. But I do believe that he is uh, he deserves to be considered one of the best Broncos receivers. Ever. I'm right there with you. And don't forget, he's responsible for probably one of the five best plays in Bronco history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that? And I think he did a lot. All right, we've talked a lot about delivery today, and Davidson's also delivers. So if you're trying to avoid leaving the house and you need to up the stock of Breck Brews or whatever else you may need to get through this time, make sure you hit up Davidson's, get some stuff delivered, and uh, get yourself through this. All right, guys, as promised, we'll be here every day, five days a week, no matter what, talking with you. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned from a DNVR perspective as these other sports try to get through a, a literal dark time. Um, in the sports world. So make sure you're following at DNVR sports, sorry, at DNVR underscore sports on Twitter. Just keeping up with everything we're doing there. A lot of fun stuff. We want to make it as fun as possible to be sitting at home and and on your phone. So we appreciate you guys for riding with us and all your support. And like I said earlier, we're really going to need it at this time. So even if you're just listening, that's support in its own way. uh, And we really appreciate that. But for now, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's getting